0: So when I set out to um, do this podcast, my goal was to interview the strongest uh, coaches in the world. Uh, Today, I've got one of those guys on the show, not only an incredibly strong guy himself, but gets people. Uh, Well, you've trained pretty much some of the strongest people who I'd said ever lived, wouldn't you?
1: Definitely. Now I can say that we've just had um, some great success over the weekend. Uh, and it's arguably the strongest competition in the world. So that was the Arnold Strongman, and and um, you know my strongest athlete just won that. So yeah. huge accolade for me. I'm I'm really excited about that and and what's yet to come.
0: Yeah. So if anybody hasn't guessed already, today's uh, guest on the show is Mr. Sebastian RM. Sebastian, you're just uh, two weeks. say like, well, a week and a half away from competition. How is everything yeah. going training wise for you at the moment?
1: Everything's going fantastic. It's um, basically the third time I've done this specific competition, which is it's in Australia we've got the Arnold's uh, Sports Festival, and this is called Pro Raw. So this is uh, invites only for, the, uh, for Australia's strongest lifters. The last two years I've come second in Australia. Um, you know, <laughs> It's uh, I love it. It's it's a great position to be in, but obviously a better position would would be to come first, mm. and uh, that's that's the goal this time around. So I'm a little bit more experienced with it. You know, I've I've had my fair share of injuries and ups and downs with it, and and considering all of this, uh, th- this year it's gone very well. I'm still in, intact. My body's um, not not extremely sore. Mm. Um, you know, I won't say that I've, I've come out unscathed completely because when you're lifting heavy weights. Um, you know, it, it just freaking hurts. And, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of, in a little bit of pain, but, mm. um, you know, it's, it's probably the best shape that I've been in coming into competition.
0: Mm. And do you, because you, for the amount of times that you've gone into a meet now personally yourself, do you have like a set protocol by you'll look to hit this numbers by a certain time will be the set time where you'll stop deadlifting and squatting?
1: Definitely, definitely. And the rules change constantly. So the stronger that I get, I'm starting to learn, you know, obviously you need a lot more, you know, the heavier you're and squatting, the more deload you need, the more time off you actually need. So the rules continually change. Um, you know, I, I used to, you know, the, the numbers that I'm hitting now, um, you know, just to, to put it into perspective, last year I, um, I totaled 900 kilograms and that I felt like it was a pretty bad competition for me. Mm. I, I squatted 360 kilos and that's the first time that I'd ever done that in competition. Mm. Now something that I now know about that, when you hold that much weight on your back, you're using your upper body a lot, and and I almost bombed out of the competition straight after that. So I, in in training, my my planned bench press opener was 230 kilograms, mm-hmm. and in training the week before I was doing two sets of two on that weight, but after I squatted the 360 kilograms, um, you know I missed my first two attempts of, of bench press and I almost bombed. So, you know, I'd planned to get, you know, 10, 15 kilos more than 230, um, and it just wasn't happening. So, those are little things that I'd never experienced before. You know, I'd only ever bench press by itself. I never really bench press after I perform a heavy squat, and and that's the first time I've ever experienced uh, that that level of fatigue that comes with lifting heavy weights. So, it's a new game. Uh, As I said, the rules continually change. It's it's never been an issue before, but I'd never squatted 360 kilograms in, in competition before. So this year I'm a lot better prepared for that. Um, uh, So, yeah, I I still don't know what's going to happen on that day, but I I know know that... you know, I, I pretty much guarantee that I'll do a, a better performance than last year.
0: Mm. So, what happens on the day in terms of the comp wise? Because you I mean you can have the run through, like you say, you're doing two sets of two at an opening weight on the bench. What What's the biggest difference? Not is it is it more that is it more like the psychological stress of it, or is it the fact that you're just performing such high intensity lifts back to back in three different things?
1: Yeah, lots lots of everything. Um, you know, to be honest with you, this is part of the preparation last year. Um, I just said to you, I think it was off the record, that I'm I, a bit of a princess when it comes to comp mm. time. i get everyone to do everything for me. I'm pretty lucky to be in that position where we've got, you know, I've got my wife, hang mm. on, smile for the camera. That's <laughs> that's, that's, that's the better half. She's, uh, her name's Felicia. Um, she kind of cooks everything for me. Um, you know, we've got uh, our, our business that we run together, but during this time, she kind of does the whole thing. Mm. And, um, you know, I, yeah, I, I get pretty spoilt around this time. And last year, literally i didn't lift a finger if it wasn't lifting weights and it wasn't uh directly specific to my competition i wouldn't do it i'd lift my weights and i'd go home and sleep and rest and eat and that was all i did and um something that i I encountered was i just became a lazy fat fuck and you know after after i finished my squats i I had no more endurance i had no more stamina Mm. and that was the biggest thing by the end of the day i was just completely exhausted because you know if it feels a if it feels a you know a walk to the to the shop down the road I wouldn't walk it I'd drive or I'd get someone to drive me i, I became completely out of condition to do anything uh besides uh, performing a one repetition mm. uh you know un, under a barbell and, and as I said, I just became a lazy shit and and I had nothing left in me at the end of the day but this time around uh <laughs> I'm wiping my own ass this time so Hopefully it'll pay off, and I'll, I'll have um, you know, I, I did the you know last year my squat was a uh, 360 kilograms. This was a PB for me, and uh, you know I was I was over the moon. I was I was very happy with the performance, but then the rest of the day turned to shit because of, of my lack of endurance. So this time around, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm yeah less lazy, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and ho- hopefully we'll see we'll see it, you know a more solid performance through the whole day.
0: So, so you're more a well-rounded athlete with with different capabilities this time.
1: Yes and no. I, I mean, I was well-rounded, but I was well-rounded to walk into the gym, you know, have my you know hour to hour and a half of work, and then sit the fuck down and sleep and, and eat and and you know be waited on. Mm. Um, you know this this time around, uh, you know, I train. Then I'll go and train other people during the day. I'll go and do my own shit. I'll walk around. Um, I'll make sure that I'm active. Mm. Um, you know, and and then I'll come back and I'll train in the afternoon as well. So something that I've I, I believe a lot in is double day training, mm. and it's not for everyone because most people actually have have full time jobs and they don't have mm. the luxury of being able to to you know live in the gym and, and to train whenever they want. But to, yeah, that's something that I've been doing as well is making sure that I train in the afternoon, um, you know, so that I can teach my body to remember that it still has to perform. Uh, you know a second time or a third time during the day
0: mm. so when you when you set out to do um, first set out in powerlifting I mean, dare I say it you, you know you, you look good to in the next three to five years everything going well hit a quadruple body weight squat when you first set out in um, powerlifting did you was that your objective or did it just kind of happen the better you got at it
1: yeah none, none of these numbers uh, seemed possible when I first started powerlifting uh, and it's I, I love You know, at the at the risk of sounding narcissistic and saying that I love talking about myself, I guess I'm the best example when I talk about uh, you know my footsteps along the way of you know my my journey to being a good powerlifter. You know, my first competition, I squatted um, 230 kilograms, uh, and I thought this was pretty special, Uh, and it is. You know, when I when I get a lot of upcoming athletes and and um, you know people that come to my gym to train, 230 kilograms is a big number. Um, but it 's you know it 's hundred and thirty kilograms less than than my last performance in competition, so it's yeah, as i said it 's numbers that I never would have thought was possible, and the only reason why I know they 're possible now is because i 'm um, lucky enough to be in the position where i 'm able to meet some of the best athletes in the world. Mm. Uh, you know I have some of the greatest mentors, so you know just as mentioned before. You know my strongest athlete is Hafthor Bjornsson. Mm. Um, you know that guy's that guy. He just he weighed in at 193 kilograms uh, at the Arnold's. He's six foot nine. Um, you know uh, you have to change what you think is possible. Um, mm. You know, and you just have to look at a program uh, from a maths perspective and just think of what's a what's a. a, a you look at the number. Don't think of what's been done before because you know he's, he's now he's breaking world records. Mm. Um, you know you, you have to you have to expand your horizons so to speak. Mm.
0: So yeah, um, I mean, but
1: but, but also, also you know that's that's Thor Bjornsson. That's one of my athletes. But I've actually uh, coming back to some of my mentors. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of uh, Team Lilybridge, Eric and mm. his, his dad. You know, I, I met those guys um, three years ago. This is a guy who squats 480 kilograms and. You know, I had my first squat session with him when I was able to squat, you know, less than half of what he's able to squat, um, you know, and he just he completely rewired my brain to, to what I believed is possible. And so mm. that family is hugely to thank for my success as an athlete and as a coach.
0: Mm. One thing that absolutely astounds me about Eric Lillybridge's lifting is that his squat actually, and your squat, the style itself looks very similar but what really Uh, is crazy to me is that even at crazy high intensities you know uh, 450 kilos plus his warm-ups and his max intensities the almost identical technique and identical speed is that something you've taken on yourself
1: absolutely that's something that i've learned from from eric and his dad ernie Uh, that's what they teach that every single set every time you touch the barbell is your opportunity to practice the technique um, you know, they had a huge emphasis on technique and something that, you know, it's, it's a lot of feedback from from some of my athletes, um, you know, some new athletes that I've just taken on. Uh, a lot of my athletes have worked with other coaches around the world and some of the best coaches around the world and, and that was a, a really nice piece of feedback that I was given was um, the volume that I give is far less than most, athletes, than most coaches, mm. the amount that we lift is far more <laughs> and <laughs> Uh, you know, the, the injuries and the way that we come out, you know, come comp time, uh, as I was just saying to you before, um, you know, we're, we're in much better shape in terms of nothing's, well, not as much as sore. It's it's hard to say that nothing's sore because every time you get under the barbell, it freaking hurts your soul. Mm. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, so less volume, more intensity, less injuries and, mm. uh, you know, ideally a, a better outcome on game day.
0: Mm. Do you think that, because obviously different uh, coaches have different approaches, some are very, you know, volume based and exposure, but you seem very much like if you're doing it right, the only small amount of stimulus you need is, 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 is enough to progress. Um, yeah. How do you, you know, when you've got a new athlete come through your door, how, what, what are you looking at in terms of program-wise? Is it specific to them or is it follow your systems?
1: Yeah, so it's definitely specific to them, and it follows my system. So, my, as I said, the rule the rules change as you get stronger. So, mm. you know, when I talk about less volume, I'm talking about at this level. So, you have got someone like Eric, you know, um, these guys, Eric and his dad. Their system involves on squat day they work up to one heavy single, and then it's and then it's accessory work for deadlifts. And then the following week um, they have deadlift day, so they only do a heavy squat once a fortnight, and they do a heavy deadlift once a fortnight, and they do it on the same day. Mm. So it's basically heavy squat and then back down work is deadlifts, and then the next week it's heavy deadlift, working up to one single, and then it's back down work on accessory squats. You know, so it's it's um, very specific to competition. It's not just specific to. Um, so, so the rules would definitely change again if you were to train, say, a, a rugby player or a martial artist, um, you know, or even a strongman. So, mm. so I can't necessarily follow the same principles with Thor because his competition it makes me sick how many days he needs to be performing for so he's just done the Arnold's um, so let's put this all in perspective it's um, you know two two days of, of work so it's five events over two days and then the next day um, you know he's called back to perform another lift which hopefully he's going to set a world record which he did so that's uh, weight over bar like they do in the Highland Games mm. So that's his event. So that's three days in a row performing at the highest level. He's now training for a month, and then he comes back to Europe's Strongest Man, um, you know, where it's going to be another five events on one day, and then and then three weeks later, he's going to be performing World's Strongest Man, which is going to be um, it's three days of qualifiers, two days off, and then two days of finals. So it's Mm. It's work beyond what I, I can imagine performing myself. Um, mm. So I can't do the same type of training for him. So that guy does a lot of cardio work, for example. Mm. Um, you know, and the rules change. But uh, let's, let's, let's make it a little bit more relatable now. Let's talk about someone who's not at the same level as, say, Eric Lillybridge, who, who would respond so much for just walking into the gym, performing a one rep max, and walking out. That doesn't work for anybody you've got to earn your stripes mm. and you know when you're up and coming into into you know lifting heavy weights volume definitely pays off you know so I'm, I'm not saying that volume's not good i'm just saying at the higher levels you need to start considering when you're lifting heavier loads um it's inversely proportionate to how much volume you're performing so heavy weights and high volume kind of it's pretty hard to do yeah uh, you know, so, so it's it's very intuitive, uh, you know, when a new athlete comes to me, I kind of, and the intuition comes based from my experience with working with all levels of athlete, um, you know, the more of a beginner you are, the higher the volume you'll need to do. You need to build your base, mm. uh, which is kind of a mantra that we go by and that's why we've called it, um, I'm not sure if you're aware, we've, yeah. we own a gym in Sydney called Base Gym mm. and the reason why, and my wife's business is Base Body Babes and the reason why we've chosen that word is something that we use a lot of um, for for our whole you know strength system and our training methodology, you know you got to build your base. Mm. Um, you know cu- coming in and just doing a one rep max, it doesn't work unless you've built your base, mm. and so that's you, where it comes from.
0: Awesome. So you, um, how long have you been working with Apthor Bjornson now?
1: Yeah, so three years. This is the third year that I'll be going to. So next month uh, I'll be going over to uh, to meet him in Leeds, mm. and um, that's that's for Europe's Strongest Man. So. That's that's the third competition, third time we've done Europe's Strongest Man, third time we've done Arnold's, and the third time we've done World's Strongest Man.
0: Mm. And um, when you first started working with him, what what did what was his main reason for getting in touch with you specifically, and what did you identify in him that needed work? Because he's obviously a freak of nature athlete, but you've taken him from like raw talent into probably one of the most well-rounded strongmen who's ever going to be competing.
1: Yeah, I, I agree that that's what he is. Um, and thank you for saying that that was me that did it. But <laughs> I'll, I'll take a little bit of credit for that. But, yeah, he's a genetic freak. He's very, very gifted athlete, you know, in terms of how he looks physically, his appearances, you know, six foot, uh, six foot nine and, and uh, you know, 190 to 200 kilograms. He's just a giant. And the things that he's uh, able to do is just things that most humans can't do. Mm. But the way that I met him was, was absolutely by luck. We had an event at our gym. Um, you know, I hold a lot of seminars. I'm an educator, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. And we got in um, – a company called SodaStream got in contact with us, and he's the ambassador for their products. And uh, they contacted us, and they wanted us to uh, to run a seminar um, with with a few of the Australian uh, fitness influencers. And they wanted me to do it, so I kind of that's where I met Thor. He came with me, and he and I he and I did the presentation on strength training. And uh, you know when it, when it came to, to myself speaking i I introduced you know the things that I'm good at, which is the static lifts which is you know bench press squatting and everything mm. and um, you know halfway through the event um, he started I guess liking what I had to say about the techniques and and he became a student in the event and he asked he put his hand up like one of the one of the rest of the guys in the room and he asked me if he could try the technique you know I was absolutely flattered by this and I thought Shit, yeah, of course, you know, and uh, you know his bench press personal best at the time was two hundred and thirty kilograms, and uh, you know with the new technique he did two hundred and thirty five kilograms for two reps. Mm. So instantly, with with uh, you know my technique changes, he was he, he saw an improvement, mm. and uh, you know, and then he sat me down afterwards before he had to go back to Iceland, and he asked me if I could be his coach, um, you know, which is probably you know. The, the highest accolade that someone like me, as a strength coach, could hope for to, to add to their resume, you know, mm. um, to, to you know, I'm a strength coach and I train the strongest man on the planet. Yeah, you know, it doesn't get better than that. So, so um, you know, it's a huge opportunity, and and I definitely prioritise him as an athlete mm. um, because he's top dog, you know, he's yeah. number one.
0: And was there any different type of things you had to consider in the world of strongman? So it's obviously, it's, it's different to powerlifting. I've had this conversation before with other powerlifting coaches. And for example, he might, whereas in a powerlifting meet, you know, you're going to lift in, you know, just one rep of each. But for example, something could just be, it could be a curveball where he might have to do a max deadlift followed by a squat for reps. Then he might have to do a max deadlift followed by a lot of moving events. Um, what kind of headache does it, approach, um, does it provide for you when you've got to do program design?
1: Definitely. So I, I, something that I like about my, my program design for multiple different athletes of multiple different sports is I'm not heavily invested in the sport itself. so, so let's let's uh, change the, the sport for example, and use, use rugby or MMA. I'm not going to teach you how to, to, to pass a rugby ball or to kick a goal or to, to punch someone in the face and knock them out. I'm gonna teach you or I'm gonna get every single joint of yours strong in its full range of motion and then you're gonna go and practice your sport so that's how I treat all of my my athletes regardless of the sport so he's strong man and there's a lot of things that I can't teach him how to do and I'm very lucky mm. that he's already gifted such as Atlas stones mm. pulling a truck um, you know picking up awkward awkward objects and running with them the guy's got a genetic gift and uh, you know it, it really allows me to focus on other things, which is, you know, the static lifts, which, which, you know, two years ago it could have been said that that's what his weak point was, mm. um, you know, his, especially his overhead lifting. You know, now he's, his, uh, you know, tit for tat with, with Eddie Hall with mm. their overhead lifts. So the first year that we came, uh, you know, we started working together, I, I, I included a lot of bench pressing in his programming. Now bench pressing a lot of people see it as a powerlifting movement and they say it's not specific for most other sports and it's more uh, more appropriate to do something like an overhead lift something where you have to be able to produce strength from a standing position. Now I completely disagree with this. I think that's uh, you know overhead lifting is, is crucial for strength athletes regardless of the sport but my goal is to get every single joint strong through its full range of motion and I've got a belief that that is load is king. The heavier weight that you're going to lift in the gym, the exercise that's going to allow you to lift the heaviest weight will ultimately make you stronger. So mm. my number one exercise for, for upper body pushing strength, um, according to the principle of Lotus King, is is the bench press and the technique that I teach for the bench press. Don't worry about the powerlifting movement, the bench press. Worry about it as a as a way of pushing the heaviest weight possible in the gym. And that's what mm. we've done a lot with Philbach. And the very first year when he came up against um you know Eddie Hall in the finals of of uh, you know World's Strongest Man, and they had uh, the circus barbell. Um, he and Eddie were they they drew. They mm-hmm. did seven reps um, overhead, or seven or eight reps of 162 kilogram circus barbell uh, in a minute and a half, uh, and that was first place in the world. So this was his weak point, and the way that we strengthened it was you know a lot of people look at a bench press and say it doesn't apply because it's powerlifting. Uh, absolutely incorrect. It's a, It's a technique that I use to get someone to safely strengthen their shoulder joint and uh, it's exactly what we've done. We absolutely included his specific movement as well, which was the overhead lift, Mm -hmm. but his bread and butter are the exercises that allows him to lift the heaviest weights as safely as possible. Mm -hmm. And that's something else that I've got a huge focus on. I come from a rehabilitation background and so one of my things is, you know, I'm 36 years old, I definitely don't consider myself old, Mm -hmm. but... I'm a lot older than I used to be when I was, you know, considered myself bulletproof and I used to, you know, perform exercises with shit technique. And, uh, you know, I'm paying for it now. You know, I've got the little niggles that that, uh, that I've, I'm carrying today from, from training recklessly when I was young. And Thor's 29 years old. You know, I met him when he was 26. And the first thing that we've done is just cleaned up his technique with all of his lifts. And, uh, you know, my focus with him is to keep him injury-free, mm keep all of his joints strong through their full range of motion, um, manage his fatigue and, you know, this is where it's ended up. Mm. You know, num- Number one in the world.
0: Yeah. The I mean, Arnolds. the Arnold's. The well, yeah, the Arnold's is, is without a shadow of a doubt. You've got World's Strongest Man but the Arnold's is, I think, is just a whole different ball game. It, the, the the weights are absolutely insane but, yeah, my observation for him because I'm a, a big um, fan of Strongman. I remember being in Leeds in 2015 and he was going head to head with Eddie Hall and was a good twenty kilos behind. I think we were surprised that he hit four forty uh, in yeah. deadlift. And now, you know, you're on two two and a half years later. Um the guy's pulling that, you know, for five reps, he's, he's hitting the two set yeah. two you know, the four the four seventies. He's more than likely gonna get past the half ton mark in the next couple of years. Yeah. He's just cleaned everything yeah. up. Do you think as well as uh, obviously, your methods that have worked very well for him. do you think there's also that huge psychology that he's got of I want to be the best ever that plays a big part?
1: Yeah 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 so this is something that I learned a lot of a lot from with Thor is is his mindset. Um, it's I, I've worked with athletes that are scared of the idea of being the best in the world. Mm. and I've never been in the position to be the best in the world. You know, I'm, I'm half the size of these guys, so I've kind of accepted that's not going to be me. Mm. <laughs> but I've, I've encountered many athletes that, that are the best in the world, and I love to get into their minds, and I love to know what they think about. And I've seen a lot of athletes that aren't quite the best in the world, but I believe they have the potential to be. Mm. And when I ask them about the feeling of being number one in the world, it scares them. And when I asked Hathor about the feeling of being number one in the world, he said... Um, that it's never scared him at all because he knows what it takes. And he believes that the people that it does uh, scare are the ones that know that they don't have the work ethic. They know that they're not going to to put it in. And that's something that this guy does. It's very simple, but his mantra, uh, you know, when when dealing with him with all the work that I give him, I write out his programs and I look at it and it, it petrifies me the amount of work that he has to do. And when I give it to him, the answer is yes. Every time I ask him to do anything, the answer is yes. And I ask him what he's thinking about. And he said that he he made a promise to himself many years ago is to not to ever be fucking lazy. And it's it's as simple as that, you know. He knows. He's got the work ethic. He's got the drive and he's got the belief in himself. And uh, it's, it's this year, you know, so far we've ticked one box we've got two more strongman events to go that's europe's and the twelves mm. um, but there's a high likelihood of, of him taking uh taking all three this year and uh you know his his mindset is a huge part to do with it
0: mm. yeah i mean like i say i think that my observation from him working with yourself is that he's gone from being able to Go toaster with probably the best all rounder there there's ever been in Brian Shaw, and just the biggest freak of all time statically, which is Eddie Hall, and now he's pretty much equal up with um, with Brian in the moving and Eddie in static. So it's it's, yep. it's incredible. So moving on to your education systems now, what um, how long have you been doing this for, and what what caused you to develop the um, education program?
1: Yeah, so many years ago I began um, as an educator. it's a you know fitness institute australia where i was called back after i did a lot of my courses there a lot of my diplomas and so on at at, uh at this education facility and uh you know they liked me and they asked asked for me to come back as a teacher so so that was teaching the certification level in australia is, is is not a huge one but it's certificate three and certificate four is the qualification that you require to become a personal trainer now the topics that I used to teach in this were ones that I didn't have a huge interest in, and that was plyometrics and um, uh, functional training. Um, you know, these are things that, that I, yeah, I wasn't hugely interested in. Mm. But, but it was a topic, and uh, you know, they asked me to be a teacher, and it was a great opportunity for me. Um, you know, to add more boxes to my, add more ticks to my resume. Um, you know, so I took it, and uh, you know, after a couple of years as an educator teaching topics that I didn't want to teach. Uh, I decided uh, that I wanted to um, try and promote my own education in teaching what I did want to teach. And uh, the first time I did it, um, yeah, my my courses, they started selling out. There's a long story behind it. Mm. I I had partnerships with a lot of other athletes, um, and they kind of fell through. Um, And then it just came out that, yeah, this is it. I'm not going to... Uh, uh, join with any other affiliations, I'm just going to do my own thing, and and we'll see what happens, I believe I had a strength you know, I called it the strength system, but I believe believe that I had a system that worked uh, and it was producing uh, some of the best athletes in the country and in the world and uh, a lot of people recognize that as well, and and basically um, those who have attended any of my education understand what I do now, and that is, I don't try and put myself up here as an educator and the students down here, and I don't try and make myself myself sound too smart, or make the the ideas of, of being a world class coach uh, such an unachievable goal. Um, I teach people that it is achievable. I teach people that getting strong isn't as hard as you believe, um, mm. and, and and that's the point of difference that I make. The the techniques that I use are very very simple, and. Uh, you're able to apply them immediately, and that's what happens. Is on the day, people come to my seminars, and it's 50% theory, it's 50% practical. Mm. And the reason why I have it practical isn't so that you can impress me by by you know lifting a heavy weight or achieving a PB. Uh, you know, as as you know, I work with the strongest guys in the world. It's pretty hard to impress me mm. after I've, I've watched what these guys are <laughs> capable of. Mm. But a, a very standard thing that happens is is with good technique. Uh, people are able to instantly, and this is what I see as a great success. People are able to, like, people come to me with shoulder pain, and I teach them my bench press technique, and all of a sudden they're lifting weights that they haven't been able to lift before, and they're doing it without pain. Mm-hmm. Same with, you know, lo- low back pain. I teach people how to safely bend over and pick something up, such as a deadlift, and all of a sudden they're lifting heavy weights without pain.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and this is a result. This is the, you know, it's not just the PB in the in in the total tonnage or the kilograms that they're able to lift. It's getting people out of pain. A lot of people get scared that strength training goes hand in hand with, with hurting your body. Um, the techniques that I use to rehabilitate somebody are the same ones that I use to strengthen somebody. Mm. And this is, as I said to you before, I came from a rehabilitation background. Uh, and that's because I wanted to be good at my job. I started noticing that when I began as a personal trainer, all 100% of my clients had some kind of injury, not caused by me, caused by being sedentary, caused by sitting at a desk all day, you know, things like this that every personal trainer will be able to relate to. And through understanding and, and teaching myself rehabilitation techniques, I started learning that I was able to get people really, really, really strong. Um, and, and that's where the system comes from. That Yeah, I'll, I'll say it again. The techniques that I use to rehabilitate a body are the same ones that I use to strengthen a body. And, you know, um, it's working.
0: Yeah. So basically, if people want to know how to kind of bulletproof the spine, get incredibly strong, figure out what got Haps or Bjornsen to be one of the greatest athletes of all time, they're going to learn all this plus all your kind of knowledge over the years in your seminar.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So the seminar is basically uh, level one, we'll be teaching just the basics of programming. Um, You know, it's quite a complex topic. So in one whole day, it's hard to talk about. The main list, which is squatting, bench pressing, and deadlifting, which is which is the the, the main uh, the backbone of, of level one. Um, but then level two, we go in depth with programming principles, human movement, anatomy, rehabilitation. We've even got a set a separate section for training females because it's uh it's slightly different to training males, mm. um, based on you know mainly based on aesthetics, um, and and uh, yeah, so that's that's basically ideas that seem quite complex. I'm going to simplify the hell out of it.
0: Yeah, awesome. And uh, I already know where it is, but can you give a few more details of when you'll be in the UK and what um, dates?
1: Yeah, so um, I'll be there for, for Europe's Strongest Man, which is going to be on the 7th of, uh, of April. And then the seminar is going to be the next day. So that's going to be Sunday the 8th is level one. Um, and this is going to be – so that's um, – Uh, Frontline Fit Performance Center in Manchester and uh, Level 2 is going to be on the 9th and 10th which is going to be the Monday and Tuesday Mm -hmm. Um, and they're they're full day courses, it's a lot of theory, it's a lot of practical, a common question that I have from a lot of people, as I said, 100% of my clients when I started in the game had some kind of injury that they were dealing with so a common question that I'm getting uh, asked is is, uh, how much practical is it going to be? I have X, Y, Z injury, am I going to be able to learn from the day? Absolutely. Uh, you know, your job isn't to impress me with how much weight you can lift.
0: Mm. Um,
1: not not much impresses me after I've seen, you know, especially where I'll be coming from the day before that, which I'll be watching, you know, uh, Eddie Hall and Thor Bjornsson going head-to-head uh, alongside the rest of the guys, which are, you know, arguably... Almost as strong as these two. They're definitely the freaks to watch out for, Eddie and Thor. Um, but uh, you know that 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 is, is crazy stuff. So after coming from from uh, watching these guys lift weights that, that are humanly seemingly impossible, um, I'm not after watching people hitting PBs. I'm not after people impressing me with how much weight they can lift. I want people to be to learn something and take something home with them that's going to change them in two years time, in five years time, in ten years time. You know, a question that I commonly ask people is, how old do you want to be when you stop training? Do you hope to be able to be under a barbell in 10 years' time? What about 20 years' time? What about for the rest of your life? Mm. You know, if the answer's uh, anything different from yes, you're lying to me. Mm.
0: And, yeah, that, so it sounds absolutely awesome. You, you, do you have any spaces left on the level two, did you say? Or is... Definitely,
1: definitely. I've, I've opened up a few more spaces. It's still going to be very intimate. Um, we've still got a few spaces on level two. Uh, level one, the more the merrier. Uh, you know, we've got a great facility. Uh, we've got all the great equipment that we need. Uh, either way, all I need is a barbell. So it's a whole lot of barbell work. I definitely will be going to accessory lifts as well. Uh, but these days, they definitely do fill out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know that yeah, that it's already going to be a, a relatively full class, but mm-hmm. we definitely have spaces left. Um, and, and I can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. I've got a mm-hmm. lot of people that uh, uh, are returning, Mm. Uh, from, from having previously attended level one and two last year and the year before, because, um, one, the content is, is fantastic, but two, it's also evolving. You know, mm. My experiences that I've been uh, privileged enough to encounter over the years as a coach, uh, for many different sports, um, my techniques are evolving and what I taught last year is slightly different this year, mm. you know, and, and, um, yeah, so a, a lot of the people are going to be passed. Attendees as well, which is fantastic to to see people. It's a big compliment to me mm. to have people, uh, you know, wanting to repeat the courses as well. But it's 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 great content.
0: Mm. And you promised me you get Rayhan under the bar. <laughs>
1: okay, yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> Everyone has to get under the bar. Everyone has to get under the bar. He's going to kill me for that. Well, Sebastian, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I love your content. I've been following you for a while. Uh, I can't wait to attend both levels myself and having awesome. you in the UK. So thanks very much for coming on the show and um, good luck with everything and your powerlifting meet coming up.
1: Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. Great to meet you. Great to speak to you and I'll see you in uh, in a month's time.
0: Brilliant. Take care, buddy. Bye.
1: You too.
0: Take care. Right, so there you have it. That is how Sebastian Oreb manipulated Thor Bjornson's training so he could uh, take him from probably one of the most raw, talented athletes in the world to one of the statically most all-rounded strongmen that there's ever been. I think that's quite an interesting ob- um, take on things because the bench prep- press is generally overlooked in quite a lot of strongman uh, training as it's never something that's trained. But his approach does make sense to me and I think uh, that's definitely it's definitely working for Thor. That's all I can say. If you uh, enjoyed this podcast I definitely recommend checking out my interview with Mike Tushira or Andre Vodin. They are two extremely knowledgeable powerlifting coaches who know to get how to people get in getting people incredibly strong. That's hard to say. And finally, if you're into strongman itself, you have to check out my interview with under 90 Britain and England's strongest man, Tom Hibbert. If if strongman itself is interesting to you, he's the guy that you need to uh, check out. Um, So it's fantastic to have Sebastian on the show today. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to him. He's a lovely, lovely guy. If you are into your strength training, I would definitely recommend getting to his seminar on the 8th to the 10th at Frontline Fit Performance Centre. That's going to prove to be something that you don't want to miss out on. So thank you very much for listening and more episodes coming very soon.